May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I saw this little one-frame cartoon this week. Uh, it was, there was an attractive young woman sitting on a couch, and in front of the couch was a young man uh, holding her hand down on one knee, so proposing. And the caption beneath read, uh, It's very sweet of you, Rick, but I'm afraid I have fallen in love with myself again. <laughs> and the more I thought about that, the funnier I thought it was. Uh, because I, I sort of resonate with what she's saying. Uh, I, I get it. Her self-absorption has rendered her incapable of receiving and experiencing Rick's love for her. And it's just a silly little cartoon, but I think it can be said that St. Paul is essentially saying the same thing uh, in our passage from 1 Corinthians uh, this morning. Our self-absorption has rendered us incapable of receiving and experiencing God's love. But God's love for us is, is more complex, right? More multifaceted, more powerful than Rick's love for the woman in the cartoon. We are talking about the bloody and scandalous cross of Christ. Both the great demonstration of God's love for us and the means by which we receive His love. St. Paul says that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Foolishness and power. Two very different words from two different groups of people about the same subject, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So, let's ask three questions. First, what is the message of the cross? And second, uh, why is it foolishness to those who are perishing? And third, what is, or why is it the power of God to us who are being saved? So first, what is the message of the cross? Put simply, the message of the cross is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross as an atoning sacrifice for the sin of the world and then rose again for the life of the world. John the, John the Baptist proclaimed about Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So the message of the cross is that Jesus is the final sacrifice. God dealt with the problem of human sin once and for all, taking our sin upon himself and then giving us in return or imputing to us his own righteousness, his own glory, his own life, his own love. So we might do well to ask, what is then uh, sin that is taken away from us? And we often think of, when we think of sin, the long list of do's and don'ts and thou shalt nots. Jesus in a sheriff's hat with a clipboard waiting to catch you doing something wrong. More fundamentally, though, sin is rebellion. Sin is saying to God in any one of a billion ways, I know better than you do, God, about what is best for me. 
Sin is self-absorption. Sin is saying, it's very sweet of you, God, but I'm afraid I've already fallen in love with myself. And there are some awful, disgusting ways that self-absorption manifests itself. And there are some invisible, hidden ways that people never see that sin manifests itself. And there are some out in the open, socially acceptable, sometimes socially celebrated ways that self-absorption manifests itself. The message of the cross is that it is all paid for. For you and for all humanity, for all time, that thing that you still feel guilty about. The thing that you're wondering about, if could God ever forgive me for this thing? The thing that you said, but you shouldn't have said. The thing that you wouldn't do if you had to do it all over again, but you don't, so you just hope your spouse doesn't find out about it. The message of the cross is not saying that there aren't some earthly consequences that you ought to deal with. But you are free to deal with those things and let the chips fall where they may because you belong to God because as far as God is concerned, it's all done. It's been paid for in the death of Jesus. The message of the cross is the rallying point for all of Christianity. It is the heart of Christianity. It is the uniqueness of Christianity. Because every other religion or philosophy that you will ever come into contact with, whether it's someone you meet or something you read about, Everyone fundamentally has an outline for how you are to work your way to God. Right? Frankie Valley, I'm working my way back to you, God. I won't, I will spare you the falsetto, but it is only the message of the cross that dares to proclaim that it is God who has worked his way back to you. People insist or people who insist that all religions are essentially the same almost always mean really well, but they have missed the proclamation that is at the heart of the Christian faith, and that is that it is not first about you and what you are to do for God, but what, about God and what He has done for you. What God has done to get to you. God has done for you what you could not do for yourself, and that is that He has died for your sins. The message of the cross is the gospel. People may say that free forgiveness is cheap grace, but it is not cheap. It is free. There's a difference. It's not cheap. It cost God His life. And He paid the price gladly for you and for me. The cross is so significant, so mighty, so holy, that the church universal has seen fit that we spend 40 days in some sort of preparation just for the annual remembrance of it. And there is nothing else in our lives that requires that sort of preparation. The message of the cross is the gospel. The good news that Jesus Christ gave Himself willingly as an atoning, sacrificial offering for the sin of the whole world, cosmically, but specifically and personally for your sin and for my sin, and then he rose again for the life of the world. Now, does that sound crazy? I mean, that one death, one man for bajillions of crazy people? So the second question then is, why is the message of the cross foolishness for those who are perishing? 
So there was a woman who died after a long illness, and she arrived at the gates of heaven. And St. Peter greeted her. The woman said, oh, I can't wait to see my parents and to meet Jesus. Uh, and how do I get in? And so Peter said, you just have to spell a word. He said, what word? And she said, you just have to spell the word love. And so she correctly spelled the word love and walked on in, and, and Peter welcomed her in. A couple years later, St. Peter came to her and said, and said, hey, I've got to run some errands. Would you mind watching the gates of heaven for me? She said, sure. And so she was surprised as she was guarding the gates to see her husband walk up. Oh, my gosh, how have you been, she said. He goes, actually, you know, I've been great. You know, remember that beautiful nurse that was caring for you? Uh, when you were ill, we got married, and then I won the lottery, and I sold that little house we, we lived in, and I bought this great big mansion, and, and, and my new wife and I, we've traveled all over the world just having the time of our lives. And, in fact, we were in the Alps uh, skiing, and I, I, I fell this morning and hit my head, and here I am. So what do I do to ha- get in? And she said, well, you just have to spell a word. And she, he said, what, what word? And she said, you just have to spell the word Czechoslovakia. <laughs> You know, there's so many jokes like that. Most of them are lawyer jokes, but, you know, it's just about what, what, um, what we have to do to get in. And, and the reason is because we feel like there's got to be something, right? And we've got to do something. There's got to be some price to pay. Paul says that the message of the cross is foolishness because we would never make it up the way it is. God is supposed to be strong and victorious and muscular and demanding. Not defeated and humiliated and dying and then gracious. How could there be glory in death on a cross? How could there be salvation in crushing defeat? There's got to be some other way. Something we must do. By, is it by extraordinary human achievement? By philosophical genius? By scientific reason? by heroic accomplishment, by physical beauty, by philanthropic benevolence, by financial accumulation, by societal fame, by cultural influence, by sexual freedom, by moral conformity, by religious adherence. It's all been tried. And the reason it's all been tried is because the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's like Throw in a life raft to a a man who's drowning in the middle of the ocean. And and him responding, I don't need another hoop to jump through. I need to learn how to swim. Of course, we got to ask, I mean, what what does Paul mean when he says that there are those who are perishing? I mean, he doesn't mean just dying because we all die. But what he means is that we're dying apart from Jesus Christ. Most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, says it. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. To perish, in Paul's terminology, in the Bible's usage, is to die apart from God. To die without the grace and mercy of God. To not have everlasting life. 
to say, it's all very sweet, God, but I'm afraid I've already fallen in love with myself. It's dying while saying, that life raft can't be real, and the effort that I'm putting into swimming ought to be enough to get me to the other side. Paul says that the Jews demand, Jews demand signs and the Greeks seek wisdom. He's not picking on Jews and Greeks. He's just saying that every culture has their way of uh, trying to authenticate some sort of salvation. In fact, we see in our gospel passage, don't we, that the Jews, Jewish authorities were demanding of Jesus a sign in order to authenticate his authority. What does Jesus do? He points them to the cross. He says, you're going to tear down this temple. Three days later, it's going to rise again. But the temple he was speaking of was his body. They didn't want to hear that. Foolishness. And it is foolishness. By any standard or paradigm other than a position of Christian faith. That the death of a perfect man 2,000 years ago paid for every sin committed since then. And yet the wisdom of God determined that it should be such that salvation could not come in any way that is achieved or even dreamed up by humanity. Paul says that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But... To us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So third, third question is, why is the message of the cross the power of God to us who are being saved? The Episcopal priest and uh, theologian Fleming Rutledge wrote, Christians do not simply look to the cross of Christ in prayerful reverence. We are set in motion by its power, energized by it, upheld by it, guaranteed by it, secured by it for the promised future because it is the power of the creating Word that gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. For those who come in faith, the message of the cross declares God's own sacrificial love and assures our place with Him. For those who come in faith, the cross is an historical event that can never be moved no matter what life throws at you. For those who come in faith, the message of the cross declares over and over again that there is no height, no depth that God is not willing to go to in order to draw you to Himself in forgiveness and love and grace. The message of the cross is beyond the greatest and most sophisticated wisdom, and yet it is accessible in all its fullness to even the simplest and most childlike mind. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. In fact, it is the message of the cross that calls us back to God when we fall in love with ourselves over and over again. And somehow, as the cross assures us of grace and forgiveness, it also sanctifies us. It molds us in the image and likeness of Jesus and makes us increasingly, makes our lives less about ourselves and more about Him. 
more about loving God and loving our neighbor. So the message of the cross is the gospel, and it's foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Amen.